Republicans in Congress have passed the $1.5 trillion tax bill President Trump asked for. So what happens next? Welcome back to USA Today's Cup of Politics. I am Paul Singer, the Washington correspondent around here. Wednesday afternoon, President Trump and congressional Republicans stood in front of the White House and they celebrated passage of what Trump has called the biggest tax cut in American history. There is some dispute about that statistic, but that's irrelevant. The, the fact is this was a huge win for Trump and a huge tax cut, particularly for U.S. corporations, but also for lots of Americans. But the final bill looks very different than what Trump asked Congress to pass eight months ago. And it may be a year or even more before many people see the positive effects. Like anything else in government, passing a tax bill does not immediately by itself change public policy. There are a whole series of gears and levers that have to grind into action to implement the sweeping tax changes in the bill. We asked Herb Jackson, our lead reporter on taxes, to join us here on A Cup of Politics to explain what happened and what happens next. Herb Jackson, thanks for joining us again on Cup of Politics. Always a pleasure. Um, so, okay, you spent the whole year covering taxes. Yes, thanks. I did. Appreciate that. Um, Where's my refund? Yeah, right, exactly. Well, we'll get to that part. Um, President Trump in April uh, released his guidelines for what a tax reform should look like. How much of what Congress passed was what he asked for? Well, there were a couple of things they said they wanted that they definitely did. Um, there was a significant increase in the child tax credit that the president's daughter, Ivanka Trump, his advisor as well, uh, went to Congress and lobbied heavily for. That's going from $1,000 to $2,000. But there were other things that got modified or dropped along the way. For example, they called for eliminating the alternative minimum tax and the estate tax. And both of those are bat are still in the tax code. And the alternative minimum tax, that's the thing like for rich people, right? If you well too many deductions and then you get this. It depends tax on where you live, but you don't have to be really rich in states with high property and sales taxes to suddenly have the AMT start clawing some of the benefits of that deduction back. Now they also were gonna get rid of the deduction for state and local taxes, and that remains with a ten thousand dollar cap. And there are several places where they try, They were going to get rid of deductions and clean out the code, and instead they left the deductions in and added conditions to make the people whose political situation was most popular hmm. uh, protected. For example, they were going to get rid of the uh, small deduction that people get for moving expenses. They left that in for members of the military, um, and they... We're going to take out the medical expense deduction. They actually expanded that. So that made another Trump pr uh, principle, which was simplifying the code, kind of fall by the wayside. Uh, it wouldn't be surprising if the tax code is even bigger now when, when these regulations are written than it, is, than it was to begin with. Well, one of the sort of the initial premises of this is the kind of simplifications. We're going to get down to, I think Trump originally wanted three? Three tax rates on individuals, yes. And that did not happen? No, there are seven now, just as there are in the current code. 
Uh, the top rate did come down. It didn't come down as much as Trump wanted it. Trump is going to take it from 39.6 down to 35. It came down to 37 in the last version of the bill released. Uh, the bottom rate is is at 10%, but there's an increase in the standard deduction so that more people will be paying no Nothing. income tax. Yeah. Um, it's not as big as they make the standard deduction sound. It's not. It's a, called a doubling. It's going from twelve seven this year to twenty four thousand next year, but you have to figure two things. One is that it was supposed to go up to thirteen thousand next year, so doubling thirteen thousand would be twenty six thousand, not twenty four thousand. And also, people lose the personal exemption, which was four thousand for the taxpayer, the spouse, and their children. Oh, right. So, depending on the size of the family, they may actually lose any not may not see as much benefit or no benefit of the increase in standard deduction. In fairness to Trump, right, on broad strokes, he does get massive corporate tax cuts. Yes, the corporate rate is dropping from thirty five percent down to twenty one percent. Trump had originally called for it to go to fifteen percent. Twenty was the rate that was in a uh, House blueprint released during the twenty sixteen campaign, and twenty was what was in the House bill and the Senate bill. Up until the last iteration when they had to put the House and Senate bill together, and then they went up to 21% because they needed another $100 billion to spread around other places. Yeah, billion, billion. Remember, bigger numbers than we think. But for our listeners who don't sort of you know spend all day uh, steeped in this stuff the way we do, you forget that this bill was largely written over a week or so the first week of December, first or second week of December. Well, uh, I'm not sure that that's true. I mean... There were iterations of it that have come out at each step of the way. You know, the first presidential guidelines was a one-page sheet with bullet points. Then we got the framework, when that was like 10 pages with even more bullet points. Then there was a bill introduced by the House, and it was rewritten three times in the Ways and Means Committee before it went to the floor. They passed that. The Senate came out with its own bill, which was different from the House bill. And they changed it a couple times in the finance committee and then changed it again before the before it went to the floor. And, you know, so we kept seeing, you know, suddenly uh, college student loan interest is in. No, it's out. Something suddenly uh, pops in and pops out. Yeah. And this is the thing is that it has been almost impossible. So the bill's, what, about a thousand pages long, right? Uh, in the end... I don't know anybody read it before they voted on it uh, and, uh, this and week. And it wouldn't have made a whole lot of sense to read it because it refers back to other parts of the law and you'd have to say this part has changed to this. Part of the question that, that, that comes up now is where we sort of watch this thing play out on the floor. They passed the bill. The president has had a celebratory uh, event with members of Congress uh, and the new year is coming. And so it's a brand new law on January 1st, right? Do you as a taxpayer, see that impact on January 1st? Um, well, it depends on what kind of business you're in. If you have self-employment income, um, you will probably factor that into how much you pay in your quarterlies in April, um, but you'll be able to keep more of that money if you were putting it aside to pay taxes. You'll be able to keep more of that client money that comes in right away. Mm -hmm. If you're a wage earner, you work for somebody, the president says they'll be ready by February, we talk to the largest uh, payroll company, ADP. They do one in six out of every paychecks in America. They say, we think that could happen, but there's a lot of other things that happen. For example, how much is we withheld is based on something you filled out when you got hired. It's a W-4 form. And it says whether you're married and how many children you have and whether you're taking extra exemptions. And part of that was tied to the personal exemption that now goes away. 
So is it possible that every employee in America is going to have to fill out a new W-4 form? Well, that is what ABP is asking the, the IRS to rule on. It, they may be able to use the information that was on the old W-4s, and that if they are, then that may, means people's paychecks who are entitled to tax, incre- tax cuts will see that in their take-home pay. The other thing people need to remember, though, is this is a tax uh, change that takes effect in 2018. If you make quarterly payments, those are for 2017. If you file your 1040 in April, that's also for 2017. So the old tax code applies to the money you make in 2017. So when I full out my tax return in April of 2018 in four months, April 15th, I will still be operating under the old tax code. Right. All the deductions and, and the tax brackets in effect then will, will determine that. The only There are some small changes like the medical expense deduction. They changed how much your medical expenses have to be to get a deduction. That went down and it went down effective at the beginning of 2017. Check with the person who, you, who advises you on taxes. You might be in for a break on 2017 taxes. But that also means that a lot of Americans are not going to see the dramatic impact of this bill for another year. Uh, well, you know, it depends. You, it, dramatic, I'm not sure how, how dramatic it'd be. But I mean, if you were entitled to a $600 tax reduction in 2018 and they pay you that in equal parts over the course of 2016, I don't know how many paychecks everybody gets. Right. But it's not going to be suddenly I can go out and buy a car. Right. Uh, and, and what's interesting is when they talked about the bill, they would say like a family of four making $70,000 will save about $1,900. And when the Treasury Secretary and the President's Economic Advisor, they said, you know, people could use this to renovate the kitchen or something like that. But it's not like you're going to get a check for that amount unless you don't change your withholding and you wait until 2019 to get a refund. Right. I gather now the IRS has to go write a whole bunch of new regulations and a bunch of new forms. How do they do that? I mean, that's going to cost money too, right? That They have to have employees to do that. And right now they can't hire more employees because we're still operating on a temporary extension of the 2017 budget. The question is whether they're going to include a bump up in staffing for IRS to pre- you know prepare all of this. The, the rules for the pass-through companies that I described earlier are going to be pretty complicated because they're right. not for everybody. They're and, and it's not even clear, like, service businesses are not covered by some of these new breaks. Uh, they're, they're trying to say that, you know, like a lawyer shouldn't be, a law firm shouldn't be able to have its wealthy lawyers get this small business break. Right. But there, are, there are, are provisions that might apply to them, and you have to rule on different things. And then you have to figure out, how would people try to game this? Like, we were joking that, you know, if you pay property tax as a, as a landlord— you can deduct that, but if you pay for pay it as a homeowner, you you you're capped at ten thousand dollars for your property and sales tax. And I was like, well, what if I buy your house and you rent and I rent it to you, and right. you rent you buy my house and rent it to me? Uh, I was like, I was just or, joking with it. And so, yeah, I'm gonna start charging my teenage kid at home a rent. So, so something you know, uh, smarter people than me will think of those things because if I thought of it. They figured it out. Right. We, but we hope. I mean, when we get into the corporate code, though, they have completely changed the system. We have a we have a global system right now where a U.S.-based multinational company is taxed on its earnings worldwide. Where and we're moving to one that taxes based on territorial. It's moving on one that taxes based on what you make in the United States. Mm-hmm. 
that is supposed to discourage companies from moving overseas and encourage foreign investment into the United States. That's about as much of it as I understand. Right. But there are supposed to be a lot of provisions to prevent that from being gained and bring back a lot of money. Like Apple reportedly has a quarter of a trillion dollars sitting in accounts overseas. I'm not sure how that all is going to work. But someone's going to have to write the rules. But somebody's going to have to write the rules, and they're going to have to write the rules in a way that can't be gamed by very well-paid attorneys and accountants working for those big corporations so who the, probably aren't getting tax cuts. The, the premise of this whole bill is that it's going to stimulate this enormous expansion of economic activity in the United States. Uh, the GDP is going to go up. We're all going to get you know jobs and cars and you know fancy airplanes and four thousand dollar raises and four thousand dollar raises. Um, and and you know there's there's a, f- a fair uh, uh, I'd say body of scholarship that says you know hey these tax cuts can really drive economic acti- economic activity and improve the economy. But you also wrote this week that the first thing that's going to happen is the deficit next year is probably going to hit a trillion dollars. Yeah, that the tax bill and a couple of other things that are doing the disaster aid that they're going to have to they're approving. There's an eighty billion dollar bill on the table right now for Harvey Irma Maria and the California wildfires. Wildfires. Um, they had to put sixteen billion dollars into flood insurance, um, and there's also a, a lingering argument over the spending bill. But the argument is over how much they're going to blow past the spending caps. So even though the deficit was projected to go down in FY18, it probably will not only go up, but it will go up higher than it was in 17 and possibly to a trillion. And that number will be announced in late October or mid-October, just before we have the next election. And and this bill will not have generated enough revenue yet or enough economic activity yet to offset that. Yeah. I mean, that's the big that's the, the sixty-four million billion dollar question. It's I a guess. trillion dollar question you know, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, the the one thing I will say is, you know, the the tax foundation, which is a think tank that a lot of the Republicans kept citing during the year, um, they released an analysis of the final bill that said it would create three hundred thirty-nine thousand jobs over the next ten years. Uh, that's down from their original estimate of nine hundred thousand plus jobs for the Senate bill. Um, and part of the reason is because the individual tax provisions expire at the end of 2025. And also that, you know, we are not sure when these jobs are going to come online. When we talk to businesses, you know, especially the small business people who have been put out there by small business advocacy groups, they say, if I get a tax break, I really want to add somebody. And you say to them, well, when will you? And they're going to say, I need to wait and see until the money is coming in and I'm not right. paying it in tax that I really have it. So they were saying, even these people who were gung-ho for the law are saying to me, I probably won't hire that new graphic designer I was thinking of till the second quarter or the third quarter. So, you know, when we see those jobs, it's not maybe into the next fiscal year. So meanwhile, there's going to be this moment where you'll be, it's sort of like going down the hill on a roller coaster. You're going to be, you'll see this dramatic deficit the theory being that sometime at the bottom of the year, you'll hit the upslope and suddenly the economy will start to improve and uh, all the economic activity will be generated and the numbers will start reversing themselves. And that's assuming they don't do more things in between now and next September. But more than likely, what will happen is they'll be looking at the projected deficits and taking action on the budget 
for the following fiscal year, which they start in April, um, and saying, we need to cut back. Right. And that is what the Democrats are screaming about is they're saying, you know, they're going to go after Medicare and Social Security and President Trump promised he'd never cut those and the president should promise he'll never cut those now. The president isn't saying that. I'm really not sure, even if they have to try and do that, they can get the votes to do that. I mean, here's a bill where they presumably are giving everyone tax cuts and it passed by the slimmest of margins in the Senate. Right. And there's going to be one less Republican senator next year. Right. That's right. Um, I'm not sure how much we will see in spending cuts. We will probably be ending next year as we are this year, wondering if the government's going to shut down. (laughs) Outstanding on that note. Happy New Year, Herb. Happy New Year. (laughs) Thanks very much for joining us here on Cup of Politics, as always. Oh, fun, fun. And thanks for your great reporting. Well, thank you. As always, you can get all your politics coverage at usatoday.com. Check out our On Politics blog. We also tweet our political coverage from at usatodaydc. And if you like, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Singer News. If you liked what you heard today, we hope you subscribe to The Cup of Politics on Apple Podcasts. That's a free and easy way to make sure you don't miss an episode. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever else you get your podcasts. But... You will not find us next week or the week after. Cup of Politics is taking a holiday respite. We'll be back with a fresh cup on Friday, January 12th. So, happy holidays, everyone. Meanwhile, many thanks to Shannon Green, who's producing the episode this week, and thanks, as always, to Chris Moscatello for our theme music. I should note that Chris Moscatello and I started making music together 35 years ago, right around now. 